0: Hello again, and a warm welcome to this special series of the Hive Podcast featuring the interviews from my new book, Business Unusual Values, Uncertainty, and the Psychology of Brand Resilience. Join me, Natalie Nahai, and some very special guests as we explore the ideas transforming the world of business, brands, and beyond. For more information and resources on today's episode, please visit natalinahigh.com forward slash The Hive Podcast. And for more information around the book, please visit businessunusualthebook.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. In today's conversation, I speak with Scott Barry Kaufman, a humanistic psychologist whose work explores the depths of human potential. Having obtained his PhD in Cognitive Psychology at Yale University and an MPhil in Experimental Psychology from the University of Cambridge under a Gates Cambridge scholarship, his interests lie in using his research to help all kinds of minds live a creative, fulfilling and self actualized life. Scott has taught courses on intelligence, creativity and well-being at Columbia University, NYU, the University of Pennsylvania and beyond, and in 2015 he was named one of the 50 groundbreaking scientists who are changing the way we see the world By Business Insider. He also hosts the world's number one psychology podcast, The Psychology Podcast, which has received over a whopping 15 million downloads and was included in Business Insider's list of nine podcasts that will change how you think about human behavior. A prolific writer, teacher, self-actualization coach, and public speaker, Scott's writing has appeared in a host of publications, including The Atlantic, Scientific American, Psychology Today, and Harvard Business Review. And his latest book, Transcend, The New Science of Self-Actualization, proposes a new hierarchy of human needs for the 21st century, one that allows for the fulfillment of individual potential, as well as the actualization of transcendent purpose and peak experiences. Scott, thank you very much for joining me in conversation today. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. Ah, nice to chat with you. Absolutely. So um, from your perspective, with your work in Transcend and all the other body of work that you've accumulated through your experience, what do you think is going on in the global human psyche right now?
1: Whoa, that's an easy question. Easy, <laughs> yeah, what's going on in the global human psyche? In, 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 in what regard? You mean with um, this impending sense of world apocalypse we're feeling <laughs>
0: yeah that's kind of where i go with that i didn't think you'd go there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i i think that there's lots of things going on and there's a, a core part of it is there's a real um there's a, a real sense in which people are not feeling a sense of belonging
0: hmm.
1: anymore uh, maybe people groups who didn't feel a sense of belonging are Particularly not feeling it uh, right now, and, um, and people, people, they, they, there's a feeling of insecurity, and it's very predictable from a psychological perspective that under conditions of discord or uh, unpredictability of one's future, that people cling on more strongly to their own in-group mm-hmm. and their own tribes, and uh, you see that ebb, ebb and flow throughout the course of human history, um, that that happening, and. Uh, I, I think that's a big part of the story of what we're seeing right now is um is uh, is, is tribal warfare you know like mm. a, affiliations like coalitional thinking mm, mm. is is what's happening we're not we're not really united as a, as a as a species um not a lot of universal love going around these days
0: yeah it's hard to hold that when there's such a sense of um Attack. Um, and I guess given yeah. the, the level of disruption and uncertainty, especially of the last 12 months, obviously you're in the US, I come from the UK, we're dealing with this pandemic together, and there's the issue of the climate crisis and all, all manner of things coming all at once. Um, what values do you feel characterize this zeitgeist that we're living in this moment in time?
1: The, people's current values or what their, uh, their their desired values are.
0: Let's go with desired values.
1: Oh, well, people are desperate for hope and for uh, unity and uh, and and in a lot of ways self-transcendent values,
0: mm.
1: which are uh, the, in the whole framework. Uh, the psychologist, uh, his last name is Schwartz. Um, I'm blanking on his first name, but he is a, a model of values and, and uh, you can have power values you can have hedonistic values there's all these different categories of values but i think that self-transcentive values like people are desperate for that right now to feel like they're part of a larger whole that Mm. that is purposeful and has meaning Mm. in their lives i think there is this profound feeling of uh lack of meaning loss um because of outside forces, you know, we had all of our plans and all of mm-hmm. our things and then the world had different plans for us, you know, mm-hmm. and the only way through that is, the, the I should say the most healthiest path is going to be through post-traumatic growth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but that will require a different set of values than the ones we currently are clinging to, which are more along the lines of uh, safety and, um, it, which which is in, in the Schwartz value, hierarchy, safety and conservatism but not in a political sense mm, mm. you know kind of a yeah keeping the the, the established order mm. you
0: know it's interesting you mentioned schwartz because i was thinking about his values of universalism and benevolence and how that connects in with the meta value of self-transcendence and the work that you do and you mentioned there this loss of, of meaning and purpose and i'm thinking actually from a business perspective because that's one of the things for people who've been able to work remotely that has really come up a lot in the conversation around how we organise, how we work, this this idea of desire for purpose and meaning and connection within the workplace or at least within work culture. Do you think that within the realm of business there's a possibility to meet those needs for purpose and meaning and connection? Do you see that we'll come out of this crisis and want something different from our work?
1: Yeah, I I see, I see a lot of good coming out of all this crap. <laughs> uh, i see <laughs> i do i think that people will have a reshifting of their priority structure their goal hierarchy you know mm-hmm. with the most uh future image of oneself at the top and then all the sub goals i think in, in some ways people may see that just how much their prior goals were not harmoniously structured toward realizing that Highest level of their goal hierarchy. Now they're not going to frame it that way in their head, but I'm saying that <laughs> their like, goal, oh, uh, my uh, so second level structure of my goal hierarchy, hasn't been consistent with my. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, but I think that, that that's just me nerd, my nerdy psychological language. But I like people that. will, yeah, thanks. But uh, you know, people may that may manifest itself in the people saying. Realizing, wow, like I've been wasting my life. That—that's what I mean, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Or I've been taking so many things for granted. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I—I I took for granted all those times I got a chance to shake my uh, bonbon in the dance club. You know, like, mm. um, I missed that so much. And I and uh, I don't—I don't know. I've never quite used that phrase before. A little bonbon is. I mean, my, I've just my, got this
0: image but, of this wild yeah. psychologist shaking their bonbon in <laughs>
1: Oh well, you don't need to use your imagination. Go to my new TikTok account. I'm
0: gonna check out because apparently you do a bit of hip hop, don't you?
1: Yeah, I used to be a break dancer. This
0: is amazing. You're such a dark horse. Um, That's that's a whole other conversation.
1: (laughs) my new TikTok account has gone viral, you can go to my Twitter account
0: and and see. I shall. Um, I'm going to include that in the show notes as well. Um, But back to your work, and especially to your book, Transcend, which is brilliant and fascinating. And you offer this very compelling, revised vision of Maslow's hierarchy of needs to your point about the goals. And you share a model which views human development as a process, at least it seems to me, of increasing integration, as opposed to some great trek up a mountain comprising distinct hierarchical stages. And I guess rather than settling with this popular conception of needs as a pyramid, which actually Maslow, as far as I'm aware, never espoused himself you propose this really striking image of a sailboat in which the boat itself, the wooden part, signifies our need for a secure base of safety, connection and self-esteem. And then the sail represents where we find our growth through exploration, love and purpose. And I love this image that you create. And so I kind of want to ask, from this perspective that you have, how do you conceive of self-actualization and transcendence? Uh,
1: Yeah, I I view them as very interrelated because... I don't think that one can fully ever self-actualize. Well, I should stop right there and say no one can ever fully self-actualize. I mean that's ridiculous. You know what would you do the second after you fully self-actualized? It would be boring, you know, like mm. the rest of your life. But I will say that you that the the path towards self-actualization is a constant process, uh, north star goal. Mm that we never achieve, but we, we move toward whenever we make decisions that are, um, uh, conducive to growth and that get us. And I, and I think that, uh, one of the biggest ways of growing is to get outside your comfort zone, hmm. um, to, uh, to, to lead with your values, to lead with a, a, a sense of, uh, mission hmm. uh, or purpose, um, f- usually a pro-social purpose, um, a, uh, a humanitarian purpose, really wanting to, uh, to to realize a future image of yourself. When you when you move toward that future self um, or a future vision of society that you see for yourself, I think you're moving in the direction of of, of real self actualization, not like pseudo self actualization. A lot of people have. Uh, think they're self-actualizing because they're getting more likes on Instagram, <laughs> for instance. Uh, and um, that's I'd call that pseudo-self-actualization.
0: We, we also seem to have these very specific ideas in our minds of what it looks like externally, which to me always struck me as a bit strange because I would imagine that self-actualization or moments in which one feels one's being fully oneself and really in flow or being most aligned with how one wants to be, that's a very subjective internal... Quite private experience, even if it's shared with another. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that's a very interesting point. So, uh, what, what's what's the really private part that you're you're zooming in on there?
0: So I'm kind of thinking the experience of self-actualization. It's it's not something that you can express publicly and then people will see it like as a hashtag that's you know if you upload an image of you in your in your self-transcendent um actualized state you're not gonna be able to see a picture of someone and go oh yeah i can definitely tell that person is hissing the zone they are self-actualized i don't um, know living their best life (laughs) that's hey i don't know do you or do you think we can that's an interesting you know i think we can i think that uh,
1: i i've seen many examples of it but it's it's usually examples where where someone you know, you see a beautiful uh, performance where the person has seemed to completely ah. lost themselves mm. to the moment. They've surrendered completely to the moment they're expressing their true self or their mm. best self. Um, you know, when I watched like a, a Jacqueline Dupre uh, mm. a video of her playing the Elgard Concerto um, mm. uh, with Baronbaum conducting, you know, and from when she was like, 13 or 14 years old I think mm. uh, when, when you watch something like that you you see a person who is self-actualizing before our, our eyes so I think it is possible but I think that it's also possible to uh, get caught up in the uh, in the self-esteem uh, drive and, and to get, get addicted to self-esteem. but you can kind of see when that's the case as well I don't know if you've ever watched mm. Jersey Shore the uh, reality TV show. But uh, the the guy, the situation, you know, I don't know if he was self-actualizing. Maybe he was. I've never brought the situation in a interview in my entire life wow. that was his name his name was the situation <laughs>
0: That's terrible. i'm gonna to have to check that out I, I know of it but i don't i can't say that i've ever watched so
1: i don't think you should check it out <laughs> i think you, <laughs> that is. That's something you should check it but anyway but I, but i think you're also raising a good point about um the potential for spiritual narcissism which i've written about mm-hmm. recently article for scientific american about how
0: Mm. um
1: we can get uh we get i mean we think that we're growing but we're really all we're growing is our ego and uh and we get really caught up in the benefits that this stuff is bringing us in other areas external directions like oh we're getting more money we're getting more um power and uh success and we we start and we, we lose track of our sense of uh, self,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and and actually we're not growing our self in any more complex, uh, meaningful way. We're not contributing uh, much goodness to the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know, Matt Abraham Maslow has the quote, "What's not worth doing is not worth doing well." Mm. And I really try to live my life with that, with that for sure
0: such an interesting observation and this idea of spiritual narcissism. I actually had not come across that term. I'm going to check that out, especially now and especially with social media. If you're looking at the short videos or whatever's posted in reels, a lot of it's very um, self-reflective. It's it's putting ourselves in a position where we are filming ourselves and then projecting that out to an imagined audience. And I think there is this, this pressure to follow your passion and hashtag live your best life. And so I wonder if that can get in the way of really deeply exploring who we want to be or who we are and how we can better express that. So how might you suggest that we begin to both understand and express perhaps our more true, integrated, multifaceted nature? I don't know. (laughs) What steps do you take?
1: To embrace my whole self?
0: Yeah, yeah. Part
1: of, I think part of that process. See, I mean, I, th- I say I don't know because uh, if part of my whole mission is to help people self-actualize in their own way and in their own style. Mm. And these kind of general advice things just don't work for because you're not. You need to individualize it. Like when I, i you know, I do some coach, I do coaching, and mm. you know, I take every client as a very sacred soul. You know, I think we need to treat every human existence is sacred and when you do that you realize you know there's a whole certainly what works for client a is not going to work for client b Um, but what is important for all clients is to identify and target uh, to to really mindfully understand and see what your inner conflicts are Mm. and to see in what ways are things pulling you apart in different directions from within Uh, and 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 which things kind of make you feel like uh, they're, you know, which activities you engage in in your life or really make you feel most vital and alive and get you to that magical flow state of consciousness where you're really all time receives in the background. The only thing that matters in the whole world and, as, and all of time, as Maslow put it, is that one thing that's in front of you. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, part of the process of, becoming a whole person and bringing your whole multifaceted self to the table is to completely lose yourself. And it's a, it, it seems paradoxical, but it's, it's very interesting. Those who are most focused on looking good or most focused on, um, on their own narcissistic concerns tend to be the ones that report the most confusion about who they really are and uh, those who are just out there uh, just giving to others and uh, and living a vital flow life uh tend to not be so confused
0: that's so interesting and it makes me think because I know that you have a lot of different creative outlets you have a lot of strings to your bow
1: you don't even know you don't even know the half of it <laughs>
0: that's what I'm guessing
1: I can't I can't I can't <laughs> mention 25% of the things for this audience
0: <laughs> well now that's just intriguing <laughs> we need a separate sort of after dark conversation to dive into X-rated
1: yeah yeah (laughs)
0: piqued my interest Um, so but including all of those after dark x-rated elements you know when you're someone who has such curiosity and you have so many strings to a bow and i know a lot of people who i think most people have more strings to the bow than we let on how do we find a way to juggle these things because i really struggle with that i don't i don't feel like i have a fixed identity i'm you know doing one thing and then i'm doing another and i find that struggle very uncomfortable how do you work with that?
1: This is a topic that <laughs> is just uh, this. This forms the core of of, um, of, of, of what I'm interested in and in, in helping my client. Co- I feel like, do you want coaching with me? <laughs> because, no, I feel <laughs> I might actually
0: book a session.
1: <laughs> because you're good. This is um, well, thank you. But no, this is really this. This is everyone's concern, and, and everyone thinks that's they're the only ones that have this concern, and then they <laughs> realize that that's that's part of being human. We've been kind of stuck. <laughs> Uh, in one body, with all these mishmash of evolved desires and motivations, and lower level, higher level, it's a, it's it's really amazing that a, any human can ever get anything done during the course of a day. You know, <laughs> um, you I think I think you need to just like give yourself self compassion, um, and and have an awareness of our common humanity and uh, and self acceptance. You know, accept. Mm where you're at in every mode in which you're in that mode um you know like okay uh you maybe you'll wake up one day you'll be like you know what today's really not doing it for me <laughs> today is just uh <laughs> not feeling today um you know like be like that's where i met and i think it's a lot of it is the surrendering to uh mm-hmm. to what is not uh, what your plan was you know uh what mm-hmm. you wanted it to be and uh Get so mad at that and kind of see, well, working within the confines of what we've got, what basically be like, what are we working with today? You know, or Mm -hmm. what are we working with, you know, uh, when you're in a particular mindset and that's who you are in that moment and that's who you want to get absorbed in. I'm really a big fan of this idea of absorption, and uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think that we allow ourselves to really uh, get fully absorbed in our dark side or get it fully absorbed in um because we're scared of it we're scared that it somehow like take control of us but um as human psychologist carl rogers um often found with his clients they would come to him and they'd be very scared that if they did too much work with with him on unconditional positive regard and acceptance they would somehow unleash a beast you know or something but he found that uh, in every case the more work they did within the humanistic framework um they the opposite happened. They became more socialized. Mm. <laughs> they became more um, more loving people. You know, um, I found I found the more that I, um, I don't know, what am I trying to say? The more I get in touch with my dark side or whatever, I the more love I have, mm. the uh, the feeling of love I have for people and acceptance for people's imperfections, mm. uh, uh, other people's imperfections. I, I really do think it's those who are the most uncomfortable with themselves who project that out to the world. The most and are just just become horrible, horrible humans <laughs> mm. <laughs> for lack of a better term
0: no but I, yeah there, there's so many threads i want to pull on. I, mean, I guess one of the things that's really shining through what you're saying is that there there are so many things that we experience in common with one another a lot of the struggles that we share and then also the ways in which we can meet those struggles are very specific to each individual person or soul and so i think Maslow talked about an enlightened or Euseikian workplace that's conducive to self-actualization. And I wonder what that might look like or if it's even possible if you think businesses can create a workspace and a culture that helps people to self-actualize.
1: Yeah, this this really gets your bread and butter, right? This is your bread and butter. And (laughs) I think I want to ask you that question. I'm very curious uh, how workplaces, organizations can adopt a self-actualizing model to have enlightened leadership principles, for instance. You know, I write in my book, I have a whole section on enlightened leadership and what that looks like. And it's it really is one where there isn't this power dynamic that the workers feel as though they can't ever question the boss, you know, mm-hmm. they don't feel like their voice is heard. Um, but also, you tend to find these kinds of environments that stifles self-actualization are those where there's no opportunities for job crafting you know i'm a Mm -hmm. big fan of the job crafting uh idea and the possibilities for whatever job you're in to really bring your full self to the table um maybe not your full self (laughs) you want to keep some (laughs) some 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 keep some of that shit for after dark but um um (laughs) to continue uh, your way you phrased it but um yeah, uh, but but yeah, I, I think that there's a lot more potential we can be get, get getting out of workers by uh, bringing more of their person- unique personality characteristics and talents to the table. You know, maybe they're uh, on this team, but we know that or they really enjoy caretaking. You know, so how can they actually assign them that role within the organization, um, even mm-hmm. though that the job isn't a caretaking job, but they can be the caretaker mm-hmm. within the job. You know, and. And, uh, and just look at all different ways of... Uh, basically, you want to maximise potential here is, is what we're talking about. And yeah, we leave yeah. so much potential at the table because we have such a misguided view or a limited view of what sides of ourselves we're supposed to bring to any given situation. To
0: mm-hmm. so that point around leadership and really drawing out in people those qualities that maybe might make them happier at work and make them more, um, I guess, valuable, for want of a better word. If you, if you had to choose one quality that you felt was absolutely key... To the long-term success of a business, especially with all the the craziness that we've undergone, so I'm thinking here, you know, qualities that relate maybe to resilience or compassion. So those are the things that spring to my mind. What quality would you choose? Do you think?
1: Well, I like creativity. Mm. I like I like creative thinking. You know, creativity sounds like the outcome, but creative thinking is the the process, right? It's you know thinking divergently, um, not having a one like uh, finalized like goal on the to-do list, which is like, you know, like we're going to do this, but be like, you know, there's a whole range of ways this could turn out and we're going to mm. be open to the flexibility along the way.
0: Mm. I like that idea. And so then if I were to ask you to imagine your vision of what world you'd like to build, <laughs> I know we've got limited time, but how might you begin to answer that question?
1: Um, I mean, I want to live in a world where people... Can recognize the common humanity much more easily and readily and, and focus on that and and try to connect um, in, I mean I, this is my urgent focus now because of the world and the way that everyone has become so tribal to cling on to because they don't feel safe I mean I, I'd want a world obviously where people would felt safe um, they mm-hmm. felt safe to explore, um, not safe for the sake of just feeling safe, but there was a safety base there from like a secure attachment perspective. I don't think people are feeling mm-hmm. securely attached to their country. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel particularly securely attached to America right now. You know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's got my back. You know, there's a lot of people who feel that a lot of people who feel that way. And mm. I want a world where we, we feel a healthy sense of belonging while feeling comfortable to express our own unique identity as well. You know, and But that requires the secure base first that people don't have.
0: Mm. And I know this is a massive question, and obviously I'm starting from a very small point, but I guess if people are listening to this and thinking, oh my God, that sounds like me, because I think a lot of people are feeling similar feelings right now. What one thing might you suggest that we start at least to engage with? It could be a question. It could be a practice to help us get to that place of belonging if we can't find it within our country or within our locality.
1: I mean, I, I, my answer to a lot of this stuff is to, to actually get outside yourself.
0: Hmm.
1: You can belong anywhere. Um, it, it, there's a certain word helplessness, I think, to belonging, where people think that they're trapped within their tribe, you never know, quite phrased it that way before, but um, I never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Um, but yeah, people feel trapped. I say things, I say shit, and then like some of it, I'm like, "What the hell did I just say?" But some of it, I'm like, "Oh, that's pretty good." So that's one of those. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. good. That was a good moment. <laughs> um, yeah, people feel. Yeah, again, uh, trapped. They feel like they're trapped in their tribe, and they, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no getting out of it. But it, but they're in some sense they're creating the reality. You know, like you go out there and you just get outside yourself. You go uh, donate, um, you know, you know something to a needy person. I guarantee you'll feel a sense of belonging with that person all of a sudden. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I just I just think that part of the problem is is just such of the self focus that's that's happening around here. So self transcendent values.
0: Mm-hmm. And then finally, I, I saw a, an interview with you, which was really interesting. And one of the questions that you asked, which I'd like to end by asking you, was what do you most uniquely have to contribute to this world? And I thought it was such an intriguing question. So I'd like to ask you that question.
1: I mean, uniquely, I think like um, humor, uh, yeah. uh, love and, um, uh, and truth, those three things.
0: Thank you for listening to The Hive Podcast with me, Natalie Nahai. To find out more about today's guest and the themes we explored, please visit the show notes page at natalienahai.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed the series, please do share it with your friends and give it a rating or review. And for more insights and insider tips, you can join my newsletter as well. My thanks to Caro C for producing. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode.